Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The 2012 NRL Grand Final was contested between the Melbourne Storm and the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. The date was Sunday the 30th of September and the venue was Sydney's Olympic Stadium. Jamin Lowe from the Storm side joins us. That was a seriously tough grand final, my friend. Yeah, it was, mate. It was, um, you know, the two best defensive teams and the two top teams on the, on the table at the end of the year. And, um, yeah, it was always going to be a to-and-fro sort of sort of game. I wouldn't have picked it that low, to be honest, yeah. like, I thought, you know, with Barber in one team and Slater in the other, that, you know, teams would get tired and they'd do their thing. But, you know, 14, 14 4 at half time, I don't think anyone in Storm Camp was comfortable that that was going to be enough. You know, hindsight, obviously, it was. But, yeah, and, and, and it wasn't a, um, it was still an exciting game, too. Oh, yeah. Like, you, know, you talk to a lot of people years later, it was still, you know, both teams were outstanding defensively, and and that I'm still you know talk to people now. I believe you know, Cooper Cronk was the difference between the two teams. He got the Clive Churchill, but yeah, you know, the couple of tries he set up, um, the kick for Justin O'Neill in the corner was yeah. like pinpoint. You know, the, they're just so good at what they do. Those those three, obviously, but. Um, yeah, special day, mate. Very special. A fourteen-four scoreline suggests it was boring and low scoring. I loved it. It's the ultimate test yeah. of character when you've got two defensive sides that are absolutely on. Yeah, that's it, man. That's that's probably a good way of summing it up. The character of both teams, both you know, well, Des and and Craig, obviously two coaches who you know hang their hat on defence. So yeah. that was you know. They would have been both, well, probably not Des as much as Craig, but they both would have been happy. If that was a club game, you'd be happy with, you know, to walk away off that and say, you know, our defence was on today. And as I said, you know, I reckon Cooper Cronk was the difference in, in just his, not only the kicks, like I said before, about the kicks for the tries and whatnot, but just where he was putting the ball on fifth yeah. tackles and um, got us a few repeats early in the game and, and, and the rest of it. it it was one for the purists, mate, I suppose, like edge-of-the-seat stuff. And the Bulldogs threw everything at us in the second half. Obviously, they were the ones chasing points, and we yeah. sort of bunkered down and were just trying to stop them. But, um, yeah, there was there was the, um, I think it was uh, Josh Morris when Billy knocked the ball dead. You yes. know, that, that could have been a try. And next minute, it's 14-10. And there was just heaps of little moments like that where the Bulldogs were really, you know, on the pedal of maybe scoring a try and making a real game of it. But, yeah, I, I was off for the last 25 minutes, mate, and I reckon I watched every second countdown <laughs> for that last 25 minutes. Just come on, you clock, just go a bit quicker. So, yeah, no, it was – I've never – you know, that siren full-time, mate, that is – just I just wished I could go back and bottle that because that was, yeah – something I've never experienced. I've had kids, I've, you know, I've done all that sort of stuff. I've heard people say, you know, but that was just, just something different. It was, it was, you know, pure joy. You know, it was, um, yeah, can't explain, can't put it into words really. It was, but I'd love to do it again. Obviously never gonna, but yeah. Mate, it's nine years on and you're still getting emotional just thinking about it. Yeah, I do, mate. And um, I, I'm, you know, for the first few years, to be honest, Andy, after I retired, I sort of thought, you know, 
I was lucky to be in that team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if if, if you if you're going on talent, I'm probably number 17 on the list in that team. But you know, I've talked to people about it since I've retired and stuff like that. And my journey to get to that day was what made it even more special. Like 100%. that, you know, I, I got cut from South, went to Cairns and played Q Cup. You know, if it wasn't for the for the salary cap issues that the Storm had in 2010, I probably wouldn't have got the phone call to mm. go there. You know what I mean? So many things sort of fell on me. Lap start of 2012, I wasn't even in the team. I'd come back from a couple of minor surgeries and didn't sort of get a start until mid-year and then at that stage had sort of in my own head decided that that would probably be enough for me like you know battled you know sort of in and out of first grade nearly my whole career so I'd, I'd sort of had enough of doing that but then that sort of triggered me to really give the back end of that year a crack yep. like you know really you know really enjoy training that last half of the year and um, obviously being in that team you never know what they what they're capable of you know what I mean so I thought have a red hot crack at Fucking couldn't have, couldn't have finished any better, <laughs> mate. Interesting, you say that you you almost felt like you didn't belong because in a seventeen man or a thirty man club squad, yeah, you need the talented guys, but you also need just the fast guys. You need the tough guys. You need the the guys with character. You need the good clubmen. I thought you belong because a club is made up of thirty different individuals, not just six or seven talented freaks yeah absolutely mate and and you know some people ask you know what what makes a grand final team you know you know blokes at work when we chat footy and stuff like that but yeah. i think if you look at most of the premiership teams there's a good like you say there's a good mix of you know you got your your talent obviously you need your talent you need your you know you need your big three or four players in, in each team but you, with the salary cap sort of stuff as well you need um good young guys coming through that can handle it um so like for us that year was like gareth widdop jesse bromwich like these guys were at the start of their careers and obviously freaks you know talented guys so and you know as far as the salary cap they're not probably taking up much of the cap early on but you're getting quality out of them you know what i mean like um then you need your battlers that probably perform a little bit better around those better guys as well you know what i mean like it's it's yeah, there's a lot of that sort of mix, I think, that makes, you know, a premiership team. It's not so much just a, a star-studded team because, you know, I, th- I think that if you've got too many stars in the side, it's a little bit, you know, who do you give it to and yeah. can get a little bit confusing as far as the football side of it goes. So we were pretty lucky. We had a really good mix of guys that year. The quality on show in that grand final is amazing, the talent of player. And you've got to look no further than the benches. James Graham, Sikamanu, Dale Finucane, Ryan Hinchcliffe, Corey Payne, Richie Fayoso, David Stagg and yourself. The benches actually tell us just how good the starting sides were. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, like, you know, James Graham probably, that was probably a tactical thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's starting in most games. But like you say, you know, the two front rows that started in front of him was Tolman and um, Sammy Cassiano. Yep. So, yeah, and Sa- that was Sammy Cassiano's probably best year. Um, Aiden Tolman's just one of those guys that, you know, you're going to get quality, yep. you know, quality seven or eight out of ten out of him every week. So, but obviously that that was a big punch for them. James Graham coming off on after 20 minutes or whatever and coming off and having two stints in the second half. And he played a little bit like Sammy that year. They played like, 
like halves. They, yes. they ball played up the middle. They they shifted to the edges a lot, which which made it really hard. You know, there was a big emphasis on us in the middle, putting a lot of pressure on those guys to make them pass earlier, just so our defence could sort of set off that, which you know was a big job for us in the middle. That those sort of little things don't get picked up in the game unless you're probably a tragic first grade coach sitting on the couch at home or or you know really invested in what both teams are doing you probably don't notice that yeah. but your Todd Lowry's and Ryan Hinchcliffe's and that in that game where they were putting a lot of pressure on those inside guys was yeah that made it a lot easier for our edges to sort of make decisions off the back of that. You weren't at the club in 07 and 09 when they were stripped of points for their salary cap rorting, but plenty of your teammates on that day were. Considering what the players had been through personally, it was a real chance at redemption this grand final for many of the guys. It was very emotional. Yeah, it was, mate. Yeah, and it was. It wasn't. It was in the back of all their heads, but it was never spoken about. Yeah, it was never. You, you could get a sense of that us versus the world mentality I think they took out of the back of that but I was there in 11 which was the year after and we won the minor premiership got beat by a red hot Warriors side yep. in the prelim down there um, and I think I think off the back of that the club sort of knew well you know we, we, we can still do something I think that year was probably a let's see how this goes because obviously they lost so many players and you know, there, there was a lot of uh, chopping and changing of the squad and all the rest of it. But going into 2012, there was a, a, a real confidence that if we could produce what we did the year before, that we could we could do something pretty mm-hmm. special. And that and that was spoken about mid-year. Um, we went and did a camp at King's Beach, or the King's Cliff, mm-hmm. up near the Goldie. Yep. And um, it was sort of brought up then that, you know, if we keep going on this trajectory, we're 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 going to do we could do something special. So that was sort of planted in everybody's head then that you know let's all stay focused and and we could possibly do something. But I think uh, well, Smitty has said in his book, and I think Craig said it in a few interviews since. It 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 is for those guys that were there in seven and nine. I think the twelve one was pretty special for that reason. That it was a bit like you know we're we're a good good footy team we're, we're a strong club that that's what won us those comps you know and then that's what they believe and, and having been there for that two years post obviously the salary cap stuff yeah they're always going to be successful as long as yeah. Craig's there the official crowd number was 82,976 just to play in front of that number that's a memory in itself yeah it was phenomenal mate it was um, I'd played there obviously with South that yep. was our home ground so I, I knew the stadium well, but I'd never been there when it's that full, yeah. you know. Um, I remember sitting in the locker before the game and um, whoever the pre-match entertainment was, but yeah. um, sitting in the locker and, and you know yourself, the, the lockers at ANZ are those sort of timber, well, they're like chipboard sort of locker rooms. Yep. And I remember sitting there and, and I, I could just – Feel like I just got this feeling, like a, a bit of a buzz, and yeah. I felt I felt the timber locker, and the timber locker was vibrating from the noise. Like, and I, honestly, mate, I, I wasn't too nervous until then. I thought, you know, this is a big deal. You know, you, you're sort of focused on the game. You're not thinking yeah. about the crowd or anything like that as much, and and you're just sort of trying to f- focus on what Craig wants you to do or what you know you need to do or whatever. And 
But then when I sort of felt that, and I'd never obviously felt that with 11,000 in the stadium when I was playing for South, but <laughs> yeah, mate, that was, that, that was yeah, the, the heart sort of skipped the beat then. It's like, you know, shit, this is this is a big deal. So, And then to run out, um, I know it was a lot of blue and white, but yeah, mate, still a huge buzz. Is there something that stands out from the week or the day or even the week after that you'll never forget? Something that stands out above everything else? Uh, probably... Um, after the game, we uh, we obviously celebrated for a while in the sheds with family and and, yep. and staff and all the rest of it, which was all special too, obviously. But just the the sort of main staff and the players, we all went back out onto the field, sort of you know toasted the season and what we've done, and um, we went back out, put the sort of trophy in the middle, all stood around and Smithy sort of, you know, said a few things about the year and that. And then he, he gave me a bit of a rap. Um, just Smithy and I grew up playing rap footy together yep. and he's actually mentioned it in his book. So that's, uh, it's pretty special to have it obviously immortalised in his book. But um, I won't say what he said because it's it's pretty special just between us and, and, and uh, obviously everyone that was there. But, that 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 well, I'll never forget, mate. I could, you know, suffer another three hundred head knocks, and I, I won't, I won't forget though what he said that night, and that sort of made it pretty special for me. Obviously, being my last game and the yeah. rest of it, um, Craig sort of spoke as well and touched on a few things as well, which which was was special. So, just those personal things that, you know, obviously I have a mum and dad and the wife and kids and that in the crowd too. You know, seeing them at full time and. Yeah. They start the journey with you, and to be there right at the end, and and to be able to celebrate something that special all together was, you know, obviously I'll never forget that either. But yeah, that little personal sort of thing with with Smithy was, you know, very special. Still get goosebumps now about it. Actually, it's it's yeah, quite was quite a special sort of night back end of the night. Geez, sport can be wonderful, and rugby league just a fabulous game, can't it? When you when you hear stories oh, like you just told, yeah, absolutely, mate. Like it's, yeah, you know, don't worry. There's always a lot of downs as well yeah. <laughs> that goes along with it. it. You know, it's the epitome of a roller coaster, a, a rugby league career. But you know, obviously in retirement, you, you sort of focus more on those special things, yep. rather than the you know the getting dropped or you know an injury or suspension or something along those lines. It's, you know, those sort of, you know, grand final night, Smithy's kind words, all that sort of stuff just, you know, wipes all those bad. I, I do all the tough stuff 10 times over just to experience all that again. So as you say, mate, it's it can be such a special, special thing to be involved in such a good club and finish it like that was yeah outstanding i love looking back at the good old days it makes us sound like old bastards which we are i guess <laughs> thanks for dropping yeah. in mate thank you mate we hope you're enjoying andy raymond unfiltered different superstars different stories every single week hey before you go we'd love a five-star rating and review on whatever app you're listening on we're giving away a free andy raymond unfiltered truckers hat to the best review every week Come back soon, legends.